Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription, trust me. Mm. If you don't, you will fall out of balance. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon show. Uh, we are joined by Craig Foster, the founder of Dyna Lion Golf. Craig, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Good to see you. Good, good afternoon. Yeah, this is a real treat. You, sh- you have an entertaining content. So, hey, wait a minute. Did, 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 did Tom Patrick pay did Tom Patrick pay you to say that? No, no, no. no I was totally on my own. I could just it doesn't take long listening to you guys and uh and uh you know it's it's lively. So well, good. Well we we appreciate it and uh, and again thanks to our uh our mutual uh friend Tom Patrick for uh kind of getting us connected, if you will. So we, we do appreciate uh opportunities to work with folks and and have gotten to know um, even though virtually, right? Lots of folks in the in the industry that we might otherwise have not. But um, we are sipping on a little Evan Williams tonight, so uh, that's going down pretty smooth. We'll we'll see uh, we'll see how smooth it goes down by the end of the show. But uh, definitely definitely getting my mechanics lubed up. <laughs> Um, hey, so so Craig, I, the, so we we got a lot to unpack, and I know you got better things to do than talk to us knuckleheads. But um, so so you got quite a bit of history in the in in the uh, in the golf profession, uh, club making. Worked at uh, were you working with or for Ben Hogan? I don't want to steal it. You you take it away, man. T- give us uh, give us the, the the Craig Foster story. Yeah, I uh, got into the golf uh, repair business because I was just a fanatical player and I was always in the local repair shop uh, asking questions and have my clubs worked on. And the guy that uh, ran that shop, Bob Finch, came from Fort Gu- Fort Gordon and Augusta. He, was, he worked at uh, Bernie Porter's golf shop in those days, that was, uh, you know, in the 50s the only golf shop in Augusta. And so all the tour players came in there and he worked on Arnold's clubs and everybody's clubs. And then he moved uh, to my area up uh, near Seattle. And he was the, uh, he was the Ben Hogan Northwest uh, warranty repair center guy back in those days, the major companies, well, Ben Hogan company had regional repair centers around the country, um, so that players could get their clubs back quickly. You know, shipping wasn't so quick in those days. And so, um, and then when, when Bob Finch retired, he picked me to, uh, he offered me to uh, teach me and I apprenticed for him because uh, he passed it along to me. And so I got um, uh, just some great training from him. He was a master craftsman. And so, and then he recommended me to Ben Hogan Company, to the original Ben Hogan Company, and uh, so I became uh, their uh, Northwest Warranty Repair Center, and that was Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, Alaska. Uh, and I did that for 10 years until the company became um, was sold to Spalding, and Spalding bought it. And then it's changed hands a number of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did uh, everything. Uh, I built a lot of – I was in the transition um, period from uh, wood woods to – metal woods you know we had the um this 
catalog. This was the last catalog from the real company, from the original company. And so we had the Edge and then the Apex Woodwoods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, so that's what I did. And I did a lot of refin- refinishing, you know, reshafting and, you know, labor intensive stuff um, because, you know, just to take the heads off. And then the Ben Hogan clubs were built um, a different way than other irons. Um, you know, they, they were the Cadillac irons, pinned hosel, and, um, you know, and they had a special way of weighting their clubs um, with lead powder. Uh, and the, uh, the one thing that people don't never knew about Hogan clubs, they had a piece of fishing line, a uh, 60 pound test fishing line in the tip of the shaft in the epoxy lead powder mix that would work as a shim. So, really? you know, old school. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, and, I mean, how many, how so, many people you so think anyway, have tried to put, how many people you think have tried to rebuild or put that back together and they have no idea, you know, that, that that's even. The, oh no, never. You yeah. would never know that, you know, you pull, you pull the head off and then there's be this little pigtail piece of fishing line there, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, I would never have told that story uh, until now. I mean, it's been so many years now and uh, never when, if the, you know, when the company was, uh, going so, uh, but anyway, so, um, but the thing about that was, is that, um, it really was, uh, training for me that ended up being with, uh, how Dyneline was developed because, you know, I, I went to uh, golf works, uh, to study club design back in, in, uh, Newark, Ohio with Ralph at Ralph Maltby's. And then and learned about club design. And um, the thing that really, one of the things just, it just blew my mind when I first learned that the old McGregor woods were built with a, usually with a two degree open face hmm. because it, a square face on a wood appears hooked to most players. And so those clubs were built with a bit of an open face. And then the, the engraving on the top is even a little farther to the right. So when you put it down, it looks more square, you know, and the good players in those days didn't want to look down at a square face. It's going to hook. So, mm-hmm. um, but that just, I just couldn't understand that, that they would make clubs with a two degree open face when most people sliced, you know? And so, um, and then later on, uh, when the tailor made woods came out, those became square and the Ben Hogan clubs were square faced wood. Those were, uh, they had radius on the, on the face, but they were, not open or closed. Th- those are the production clubs. I'm not certain about, uh, about Mr. Hogan's clubs. I believe right. they were, but, um, so, um, just having that kind of, uh, information. And then I'm, I'm working on clubs daily in my shop, which I've been doing this like 35 years now making clubs and everything's changed so much, but that, um, back in the day, when I was playing all the time, I, uh, and I was a slicer, Mm. I was a slicer and I had, I, it just kind of filtered around in my brain about face angle and the fact that you're, we have this radial and uh, this rotation pronation and supination because Mr. Hogan talked about in that, in, in his, in the book, I think I have, I'm not certain if it was in uh, five lessons, but, in uh, power golf, I think he talked about the waggle and how the waggle was not just to loosen up. He was previewing the face angle coming into the club. Hmm. 
And so uh, it's just uh, all I had these stuff, you know, rolling around in my head. And I just kind of thought about presetting and rather than starting in at some either a strong, strong or a weak grip, I, I, I integrated this into my pre-shot routine, which put me into a totally different setup. And I was able to control the face angle much more because um, Dynaline started out, it's a putting, it's primarily a putting technique now, but it originally started out as a way to better control face angle and impact uh, on full shots. And um, I'll, I'll never forget the first day we had a par five at our course. It was a dog leg left. And if you hit it to the right, you were down in another fairway. It was just hard pan and there was just, you know, no way. And I just gone years and years, you know, either bunting it down there or slicing it and going off. And I tried this pre-setting my hand so I could set the face angle to be uh, square, closed at impact. I can't remember what that was, but I hit this draw around the tree and I just started laughing because I just, because it was just one of those things where uh, I, I don't think I, I'm, you know, I'd never really hit a draw much at all before by total by accident, you know? And uh, so that kind of, that really started um, the process. And then, so then I uh, was able to, um, you know, just with practicing and working on stuff, able to set the face angle open, you know, cutting it and then square or closed for drawing it. I didn't really, I wasn't as much interested in hitting it straight because our course was really, straight ball was not really great on our course. And so I was able to just develop my skills at working the ball both ways, high and low and left and right through this method of pre, pre-setting the mm-hmm. uh, face angle. And then, uh, Later on, after the modern ball flight laws came out, which, you know, in the old days, it was just like you wanted to have the face square to the target line. Well, if you right. do that, if you, have, you come into the face square at the target line, you're going to start at the target and hook it left. And so the modern ball flight laws kind of really helped me understand how I could have a face that was actually open to my target line, but I would still draw the ball. And so, um, no, that uh, that worked out really good. I was not a long hitter, so uh, I, uh, you know, was uh, not really c- that competitive. You know, you should be able to, you know, a short hitter if he can control the ball can really can win and stuff. But uh, um, I was more interested in shot shape, and I, I, I probably became the best shot maker at my course, um, just being able to do things with the ball. Um, yeah. So, so question for you. Yeah. If you don't mind question for you. So just, just so, you know, so folks that are listening and, and maybe you have, or maybe you haven't heard about Dynaline, but so, so I'm, I'm thinking about a couple things, right. And, and I think that 
that, and I'm sure you'll get into this with uh, with with elk and you know kind of how things progress through through your uh, through the, the process and 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 the business and and the the foundation of Dynaline itself. But you know, and in, in what most people, at least for me, right when I'm looking at it, I'm thinking like this is a putting uh, this is a this is a, a putting script, right? And and it sounds like it started yeah. out as this is a th- this is actually a swing routine and. And believe it or not, putting is a swing. So it, it's really not dynamic in a sense of, oh, hey, this is isolated over here, not isolated over there. But one thing I j- just from a point of clarity, you know, people may be thinking, oh, you know, because because you hear it often on tour or on, if you're watching on TV, you hear aim point, aim point. Oh, he's using aim point and he's kind of feeling what you would. Can you give us like the kind of the 30 second synopsis is is Dynaline and aim point. Are there parallels? Are they similar? Are they completely different? Uh, it's like uh, French and German. You know, uh, Aimpoint deals with with reading greens and gravity. Uh, you know, and, and predicting where the ball is going to go. Dynaline is all mechanically um, uh, oriented towards club face at impact. So we're uh, you have to read the green first, then you uh, mechanically set up. Then you get the right speed. So you have aim point for reading, uh, and then Dynaline is for alignment, stable alignment. It's dynamic alignment rather than static alignment. And then the third part of putting is distance control. So those are they're three separate things. Complementary. You know, you know, I other. recommend it. Absolutely, yeah. I recommend aim point to people. You know, for sure. Yeah. So, all right. So let's, uh, so I don't know where you want to go next. I've got, uh, so you want to, so, so we're, so you're, uh, we're going through Dynaline. <laughs> we're get we're getting into, you know, we've got it. We're, we're in a swing. And, and I don't know how technical we want to get on this. If they, you know, they can definitely find you at dynalinegolf.com and get some online lessons scheduled or see you in person if you're in the Northwestern area. And, uh, but, but, you know, to not get too cool, even though we may want to get down that road a little bit, I, I definitely want to cheat and get some, uh, get some good information <laughs> out of this, but so, so oh, yeah. you're, so we're, so you're working on the setup and, and it's, it's, so can you give me a little about, you know, the, in, and you're transitioning this into your swing, right? And it's helping your slice. And you're kind of like, okay, this this is working for me. And I'm setting up in a unique way. Is there a, could, could you frame up kind of like, how was it unique? And, and what was unique about it that allowed for, uh, it allowed you to mechanically correct what your swing was naturally doing? Is that a fair statement or fair way to put it? Yeah. Yeah, I uh, and then the putting the putting part came as another an, an addition an, an additional chapter to this. It developed a separate way. But as far as full shots, um, you have um, you know the pictures at impact. You've got uh, lead wrist is going to be slightly bowed, and in this uh, art, well, more of a supinated. It's more supinated position yeah. rather than you know when you're starting at at. I'm going to stand up here a little bit. Um, you're starting at um, whether your grip is strong, neutral, or weak, like Mr. Hogan's grip was. This is another kind of clue. His his grip was uh, more on top with his lead hand. And so that meant that he had a different rate of rotation 
coming into the ball than someone who's like a Paul Azinger who's over here or a Freddie, Freddie who's down here, you know, his, his, there's this just degrees of rotation in the forearm hmm. with various players, uh, you know, uh, and the issue is um, for the players is who's the best at timing this motion this week. Yeah. Who's good, who's good at timing this? All the players have a different rate of closure on their swing, and so um, they're they're um, they're artists and you know elite athletes who have this high super high level of hand-eye coordination, and so they can do this and make it repeat. Where the average player has you know average player starting with a uh, with a sort of standard grip or strong grip, you know they're going to have Hopefully they'll have some some of this in their swing, but the timing of it is an issue. So I just thought um, I'm I have a me uh, mechanical background with uh, race cars and engines and things, and so I've always done things mechanically. So it was just um, thinking that well, let's you know if the if the wrists are going to be up here at impact, that's where you want them. Well, let's work that into the pre-shot. So we have an idea of where that's going in so that it involves stupidating the lead hand with the club during the pre-shot routine, rather than putting the club down and then putting your hand on in one of these positions. So I'm, fa I'm just factoring in this motion that's going to happen. And then uh, it's by starting with, this is getting funny with my thumb up here, but <laughs> starting with where it's, it, sorry, starting where, where it's going to be at an impact position and then setting the face in relation to that. So if we want the thumb to be there and we want the face to be closed, we can set the face to be closed, then put the grip on it. Or if we want the face to be open, then we'll have the face open and then put the grip on it. Mm -hmm. And then when we waggle, we can align the face with our starting line as the last part of it. Hmm. So and today, you know, you see static alignment, uh, especially in putting where players put the putter down first and then step in and build a stance. Um, you know, players do that. They can putt really well. But um, and then with drivers, you know, you think of somebody like Jason Day um, puts the, cl the, the club down behind the ball and then just stands in there without really much of any motion. So he's, you know, just very starting from a very static position. Mm -hmm. And then of course he's Jason day. So he can, you know, and that was the thing with, that's the thing with elk too. Elk is just super aware of the club face in his right hand position, you know, their relationship. So when he's swinging, he doesn't need my stuff for full swing because right. he has that, you know, he's able to create the face angle at impact that he wants to. I've seen it in person. It's just incredible. And, but, and by the know, way, for those of you that, that don't, level. yeah, for those of you that, uh, that, that may just being introduced to Dynaline. So when he says elk, he's referencing Steve Elkington. Uh, what is it? Oddly enough, this was not planned or timed, but uh, with the 91 and 97 uh, players champion, I think. Uh, what did uh, 90, yeah. 95 did he, uh, what, uh, what other major did he win? I believe so. Uh, PGA, PGA, PGA yeah. at Riviera. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, re really cool stuff. So, you know, a couple, a couple takeaways. And so one, you mentioned, um, the, uh, you know, aligning 
using the club, right? Be it a, a driver, iron putter, whatever, you know, you're aligning with that versus uh, aligning your body and then letting the club uh, adjust or align to that point. And, and it's funny. And, and I don't know how long it's been out. I mean, there may be, and I know you've got a few patents yourself, but I don't think this is yours, but they made the, the putter. That's like this, you know, you, you stand the putter up and it stands there on its own. Right. So, so you just, you can stand the putter up yes. and, it, and it's there and then you line it up and then you walk up and kind of get around it, which is completely uh, I don't know if it's completely the opposite. You, you're here to attest for it, but it's really, it, it's, it's not what, you know, Dynaline is designed to do, right? It's how do you align the body and then, and then put the tool into play, right? I mean, it's like, I think about it, it, it as I've kind of yes. read it about you, it's kind of like driving, uh, like driving a nail with a hammer, right? You, you don't put the, the hammer, you know, you, you get everything ready, you get your body set up to go and you've got the nail there. And then you use the tool to, you know, to make the, the, the action. I like the, the analogy that I like to use is the archer who's aiming the arrow yeah. and they don't take their final aim of the arrow until they pull back and get the bow stretched and everything dynamically loaded, hmm. then they can make fine alignment. Um, you know, with majority of players are putting now they aim the putter first and then step in and build a stance. You'll notice when they do that, they're very careful about gripping the club and standing because they don't want to disturb anything. Why? You're putting this in motion. You know, let's get in motion first. Let's get the, um, you know, let's let's take this. It's the slack, the freedom. You know, we have degrees of freedom in all the joints. And um, so there's just so much. And then, and then you get into the neuroscience of it and what the intents to move these is different in everyone and there's it's so complicated you know so um you have you know the elite players can just put lights out until they don't mm -hmm. you know jordan speed is really <laughs> great oh, until <laughs> something happens so how you know why is that or you know and and then and the other you know like, so i don't want to get on that because these are these players are special they are um but you know, very special um, elite players and um, they can, you know, they're artists, they're artists. You can't, you can't say, well, I want to paint like, you know, Renoir. So I'm going to copy his brush strokes here. It's mm -hmm. not going to be this. It's not the same. You're not, you're not them. Right. So, and then, you know, I see things like um, holding back the right arm, you know, yep. before the stroke and then, the right arm comes out again. It's just, I want to stop stuff that can happen because if you're, if you have your thumbs right down the top of the putter grip, that's the most vulnerable spot. They can move this way and this way. So we stabilize it and get it and get it all get ring out the, the slack first. Yeah. So, so I want to, I want to dig into that a little bit, but I got a couple of questions before we get into, into the actual, the, the Dynaline, I'm going to say the putting, um, 
I don't think stroke would be fair because the stroke's going to be something completely. It's the setup, right? I mean, you're, you're kind of going down the setup road. That, setup. Yeah. So, so you've, uh, yeah. so, uh, really cool website, uh, and, and some of the videos. Now, some of those are funny as shit. I'm like, I, <laughs> I, I wish I was involved in some of those videos, not funny in like a joking way, but just the, it, the, the characters that are in there kind of what's happening, like, like funny as hell. So, uh, I, I'd recommend going and watching, but it's, it, you know, it, it, so think about when you go into the, the, the golf shop and you've got putters, you know, out, out the yin yang, you've got, uh, you, you've got blades you've got mallets, you've got broomsticks, you've got uh, like these spaceship looking things that are crazy. And one of your statements is, uh, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, you're, you're here, but it's, uh, uh, you, you know, quit, quit trying to pick your putter out. You can putt with any putter. Yeah, the old saying is, if you know how to putt, you can putt with a stick. And I did make a video with a, uh, <laughs> I've got it here. A Yellowstone, it looks like Fred Flintstone's putter. But, um, and then, you know, you'll see that with guys that you're playing with that they have old bullseyes or something, you know, and they're great putters. And then guys that have the newest, whatever, uh, high MY putter, um, don't put, you can't, um, but it helps. No, I recommend, you know, I'm, I'm a Axis One putter guy. Yeah the Justin Rose putter, the, the, because these have no torque in them. And that's another, that's another issue, but it's, um, you know, torque in putters is, uh, is something that um, people aren't fully aware of the effect of torque in putters and how that affects your feel. Um, and so it's just this, these are kind of the ultimate in, uh, 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 you know, uh, technology to make it easier to, you know, one less thing to worry about. So this is not a Barney Adams advertisement, but uh, I think you mentioned you'd listen to, yeah, you'd listen to our podcast, right. That we did with Barney, which was, was really cool. And, and, you know, it was fun talking to a guy that, that had uh, revolutionized golf equipment, if you will. Right. I mean, he, he didn't create Absolutely. anything necessarily new, but, but he definitely did something that allowed, and it is yourself as a club builder. I mean, I would imagine there's some respect in that. Hey, you, you kind of broke tradition, if that's a fair way to put it. And, and you kind of went out and said, Hey, we can do it. We can build something that's better uh, that, that, you know, that, that you can take advantage of. And, and I, the reason I'm bringing that up is, you know, when you talk about Dynaline and in the setup and, and it's in, from a putting standpoint, it's about bringing, uh, bringing the putter face back to back to square at address, right? So it, you're, you're giving yourself the best chance possible to make the putt. So, so do you think that, um, and, and it's just transparency, you know, uh, uh, breakthrough golf, share the putter shaft with me, you know, to, to do free advertisements like this, I suppose. Um, but you know, it, and it's one of those things. And, and he said, you know, that their, their statement is, you know, this is not going from a senior shaft to a stiff shaft. It's not like, Hey, one swing and you're going to get something it's, you're going to notice it over a period of time. And the idea behind that, uh, stability shaft is it's reducing that amount of, uh, uh, uh dispersion in being able to deliver that better. So what I'm thinking is between Dynaline and the stability putter, I'm going to start, uh, bringing home some more money. <laughs> 
Oh, absolutely. I you know, you give it a little time, but you know, you can raise your bets a little bit later on. <laughs> right, right. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. No, I, so. Um, yeah. No. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I was really impressed with uh, what Barney said was just correct that, you know, the heads are 350 grams now and those old putter shafts just uh, weren't really up to it. But it's all about torque, you know, because with the stability shaft, you know, you're reducing the amount of deviation that that club head, in the, especially in transition, when you're when the stroke is starting forward and the head's still going back, that's when it's putting torque on it. And with the, um, with, face balanced and toe hang putters that have torque in them, uh, you sense that torque as weight. So players, they get a certain feel out of those putters. And then you'll adjust your grip pressure to prevent the club from opening or closing. Because if you, if you have a, just a super light grip on those type of putters, you, you can feel after you become aware of it, you can feel the face wanting to move. And that the advantage of the Axis One putters is that you can just have the lightest grip pressure um, necessary to hold the club. And then you have the best feel for distance. Because, you know, if we're tossing a ball back and forth and um, your right hand, is this is your best player for delivering force and throwing the ball and stuff. So you want your best player in the game and with the lightest grip pressure, you have the best feel and best sensitivity. You know, if you're if we're throwing the ball back and forth, you can imagine if you're gripping down on the ball a little bit, it's going to be a little harder to you know feel right. that distance. So, um, and then and with the dine line system, we're aiming once we get aligned on the target line, then we can really focus on the distance control because we're not worried so much about face opening or closing. So, and distance control, you know, outside of 10 feet is really, really important because you're not going to make, you know, tour players, you know, 20% is kind of high for, you know, 12, 15 feet generally. So, um, mm -hmm. you want to make certain that you're delivering distance. Now, inside 10 feet, that's when you want to make putts and really work on making those putts. But outside there, it just comes more of lagging. So hmm. I think so. So, so then it makes some. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Hey, this is Mark McLaughlin from Old Mind Spirits. Uh, call sign my Navy days is Fonda, and you're listening to Birdies Bird. So as it relates to grip and you see, um, who's, uh, who just changed, Morikawa. uh, yeah, Morikawa. So he just went from oh, Morikawa. Yeah. yeah. He just, he just went from a, what I would call a traditional putter grip, like, uh, so he right hander, uh, right hand low, left hand high. And, and now he's moved to kind of that claw or pencil grip, uh, I guess two different saw. But, saw. saw. Okay. Yeah. So to a saw grip. So is that, is that a, is that a head game that they're playing with themselves or is it, is it mechanically there's something there in, in what's happening? Uh, generally those players are using saw pencil claw are trying to take the right hand out of the, of the stroke because 
the right hand being the dominant hand tends to overpower. And then if you're not, if you don't have the stability on the lead side, uh, then it's easy to push putts, pull putts, all kinds of stuff. So taking this out, but I just made a video about this um, after Colin won the uh, one. And if you'll notice his lead hand is turned very weak hmm. rather than the thumb is not straight down the top. It's turned to the left and that really helps provide stability. So um, he had a lot of stability already on the lead side. And then this, um, so it's partly, it's a uh, mental, I'm sure. And some people don't like this feel, but other people feel like I like to have it feel like I'm rolling the ball, just like I'm rolling up or bowling a right. ball. So I, I like to have my hand, my trail hand in this position. Um, but it, it really works for some players. And then it's also, you know, there's the, the newness effect players will get new putters, new something and they'll putt well for a while um you know see you know rory yeah. changed putters last week and putted really well yeah he yeah. went back to an answer style and putted really well and you know john rom had you know when he switched to odyssey yeah. they made you know 20 20 spider type putters for him and uh, i think this week i think he's already looking at another <laughs> another uh two ball or something you know, yeah. so, and I just, you know, uh, well, then you hear somebody like, uh, I'm, I'm a little biased. And then you hear somebody like DJ who, um, I'm not sure which tournament it was, um, was testing out like seven different putters on like Wednesday night before he goes mm -hmm. live on, you know, what do you think about that? Like, there, you know, those players are looking for feel. You know, they want a certain feel in their, in their putter and, or, or a different look. Chow, quit calling. I, well, you, you took over the show. I was trying to get, okay. Where's he at? Sorry. It's, it's one of my, one of my uh, golf pro friends. Is, I, I bet it's Tom Patrick. Anyway. I bet it, I bet it's Patrick. No, no um, um, I'm sorry. I forgot what. We were, we were, talking, about, we were uh, talking about DJ and uh, you know, DJ. trying the seven put seven DJ, putters yeah. right the night before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, looking it's, you know, switch up the lineup, get something fresh in there and then you don't have the old, uh, bad memories and then you'll put well for a while. But, um, I'm more impressed with players who stick with their putters. You know, somebody like Corey Pavin hmm. used a bullseye for, you know, a million years. And then, and he gripped the club, uh, like Paul Runyon and Jackie Burke, where they rotate their hands outwardly. So, and that really stabilizes a lot of the wrists. And um, um, so uh, you could get, you know, um, a lot of stability that way. The only, I don't like this, this part is the trail hand is not good for me because I don't roll a ball like this. I roll a ball like this. Yeah. But the interesting thing is that uh, Jackie Burke, taught Jack Nicholas how to putt. And if you look at Jack Nicholas's putting grip, the thumb does not go straight down the top. It angles. Just like Colin Markauer, I was talking about where it's angled and it's cocked up. He did some, this, some owner deviation, uncocking. So when you do those motions, you know, we have three motions in the wrist. We have pronation, supination. So get this in here. Pronation, supination, we have flexion, extension, the bending is, and then we have radial and ulnar deviation. Those are the three motions 
and the wrist joint, and it's caused uh, by um, the radius and ulna bones in the forearms rotating. So with Dynaline, we're rotating clockwise until those bones become crossed and they, they stop moving. They start out when you're in the middle, those radius and ulna bones are parallel and they can move this way. But when you rotate them counterclockwise to a soft end range, they cross and then they can't move anymore. So, and you don't need any motion in your lead arm all the way up for putting. You know, you don't want, you don't want any of anything to move. You don't need any, you don't need anything to move. So by making it stable and we're rotating counterclockwise all the way up to the shoulder joint in a soft end range uh, to stabilize that. And then you just have to get used to gripping the club with your hand in this position rather than this. It feels really weird at first, but you get used to it. And uh, this is very similar to what Bryson does. You know, Bryson is using end range motion mm-hmm. with arm lock putting. Mm-hmm. So, and, and he does it a little differently than I do, but he's, you know, basically taking the slack out and, you know, he's putting pretty well. Yeah. I think. Yeah. You, you think? Yeah. Not I mean, every day. The last, the last two holes yesterday didn't look too bad. So, uh, so, so let me, yeah, yeah. So, so Craig, let me, let me, let me, let me ask you that. So you're, you're talking, I, I, I get it. I, I'm visualizing and, and you said it, you may have said it earlier. I may have been refilling and it, and it is, and it, it missed me, but, but you're talking about taking the slack out. So, and, and I guess I'll, I'll ask maybe a two-part question. So, and again, people that may be listening and may not be watching, um, they, they may not get like, what is taking the slack out? And then what do you, mm-hmm. so it, if, if I come to you and I'm like, hey, Craig, you know, I, I can't putt worth a damn. Actually, that would be Dan saying, Cal's, Craig, Cal's I'm asking a horrible for, He's putter. asking for a friend. He's asking for a friend. <laughs> hey, I've, got, I've got a friend. I've got a friend. He's like, I'm horrible. I'm horrible at putting. What do I do? You know, what, what's going on here? And, and again, I'm, I'm going to kind of frame it up. And, you know, you, you see people and they, they you know, again, they, they've got the putter down lining up their shot they walk in kind of limped arm and they're kind of noodling the putter around and uh but but that's that's my amateur opinion on what i'm hearing uh what's the the professional and dyna line and, and what do you see and then where do you take somebody well uh first you know i think most putting instruction the uh, teacher will want to watch you hit some putts you know and see what's going on I don't want to see you putt. If we're starting, I don't want to watch you putting strong. Um, what we're gonna we're gonna do is start with the simple stuff and with with gripping first and get. You can do this with any putting style you have. Learn to grip the putter with your lead hand, where the thumb is going a little bit across the grip rather than right down the top. So, um, and you can just, yeah. And so just putt normally with that for a while. And then you'll start feeling, you'll feel the stability in the lead wrist and then you'll start feeling more comfortable with it. And, um, you know, putting on the rug at home is great because you know it's, you need to get in your reps. This is just, you know, this is like learning a new uh, piece on the guitar or something, or, you know, lifting weights. You got to get in your reps 
And then it becomes second nature. You don't think about it. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's mechanical, you know, it's biomechanical, but there's, you know, a lot of, there's issues here that you um, have to, you kind of understand how the bone, how the joints work. And then once you get the feeling of this, all those mechanical thoughts just uh, fade away and you're just focusing, you feel it. You're back to feel, which is what players want. They want feel. So we're getting a feel, and then we're really focusing on uh, the uh, – once we line up, then it's distance control. So just it really simplifies. It, it's complicated at first because you have to understand winding, winding forward, and then we're stepping out of the way with our left side. And we're when we wind the club forward, we're actually – getting the club pointed about 45 degrees from our target line but because that's how much rotation we're getting here and we, we the club face starts here square and then we wind it forward and the club is pointed over this way but we hold that and that's where the stable arc is created so if you get it pointed this way and then drop it down and swing it back and forth you'll feel this stable arc right and then you hold that and then you can you rotate your body back onto the target line. So, and then align the club face as the final part. Once we get it all stabilized and we're, you know, we're connecting, um, we connect all the, uh, the arms, the wrists and arms to the torso. And then we're supported by the uh, lower body. We have a slightly open stance because we're winding our torso clockwise against an open stance and that creates some tension between the torso the lower body and the torso which is a stable platform so that the arms can swing on this platform hmm. so hmm. yeah that so that when you just kind of did that that cradle motion right there i mean that that kind of yeah i mean i, I can visualize even though i'm kind of swinging over here in my chair but. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I mean, it sounds like it makes sense. So how, what's the, what's the application, right? And it's uh, no free, nothing's for free, right? So no free lessons, but, but what's the application in, in, so, you know, so we're talking a lot about, you've talked a lot about grip. I, I made a couple notes. So I want to, so, uh, and so, and, you know, not straight down the shaft because that's, you know, we, we've now given ourselves a, a point of vulnerability, right? And, and, but, it, and so we're opening it up. Yep. Although you can putt very well that way. Uh, just look at Andrew Putnam. Everything is just, you know, just so neutral. Stance, square stance, square everything, uh, you know, by the book. Fabulous putter. Yeah, but, so that, but I, you, this but is but not got... the only way. This is for... Yeah, but you've got someone that's executing to your point. That's an artist that's got everything dialed in, right? That that is. I mean, there, there's not a lot of error. Uh, there, there's no that the room for error is so minuscule in that swing that it's there's not a lot of stuff to get screwed up in that motion. Is that fair? Yeah, well, there is a lot of stuff that can go wrong. It's just that there uh, the you know, neurosensory system that they have unique to them fires all these muscles and creates joint torques in just the right way at just the right time. Uh, 
Yeah. So, so I may be getting a little too finite, um, which is so from, and we, you've talked a lot about grip, right? And, and then, and I think it gets what small muscles lead to big muscles, right? So, and you've talked about kind of the break in the wrist, et cetera. So any thoughts on, I think I overlap when I'm, I'm trying to do my, I'm trying to, so I overlap when I putt, right? And, and I do kind of open up, but I'm an overlapper even in putting. And, uh, and I may even, uh, even, you know, cross over. Uh, and then I typically would lead with my index finger kind of out. So, you know, kind of the, the, the Hogan, you know, kind of, kind of catching it. Is, is there any thoughts in, and, and maybe I think I'm doing that because it's creating that an extension of stability for me, right. That's it. it I'm just kind of reaching farther down the club and it's doing, it, it's bringing that back into, you know, uh, wrist, elbow, shoulders, and then, you know, kind of squaring up. Is that a, or do you direct anybody as far as like the, the actual style and technique? Is there something that Dynaline does different or, or, or maybe suggests? Yeah, it's, uh, it's an extension of the reverse overlap grip that you're using. It becomes an underlap grip because since our lead hand is turned counterclockwise, it puts the index finger more under the grip now and on the outside. Okay. So that's, uh, it's kind of the same thing. And, you know, that's what players using various grip uh, types, lead hand low, um, or all the variations, they're looking for stability there. You know, it's just that you can't, when you're stabilizing just in the hands, you know, you've got a lot of other joints in play and it just really doesn't take much um, to go off. So, yeah. So do you ever offer or afford it? So what, what are some drills that people can do to kind of get, you know, to make sure, that they're, you know, am, am I lining my body up where it, they're setting my body up where it needs to be? I mean, are there kind of the, you know, the, the, the basics, right? The one, two, threes, if you, you can get farther down the road if you need to, but the basics of where we are, is it, is it simplistic enough that there's a, you need to do this, this, and this. And I know we've talked a lot about grip, but I'm talking in more, you know, kind of body posture and, and feet alignment. Here, let me grab a club here. Dan, you're getting the bill on this one. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so, um, visual, visually being able to see what is square, you know, using a pointer to train yourself. People, people don't um, obviously see what is square. A lot of visual, you know, binocular vision. There's aim bias left and right. So you can train yourself to see what is square. You can get um, an inexpensive uh, corner bracket at the hardware store, oh, yeah. corner bracket, and then just tape it on the club and then get used to looking at what that is. And then um, uh, also that um, includes the a line on the ball, um, which really helps in getting in getting square to your target line because a lot of players don't they don't when they use this they use the line on the ball they don't trust it it just doesn't look right so they'll so they'll change right. you know so you, it, it, it it's really helpful to learn what square looks like and you can train yourself to do that um but as far as the uh, dine line routine you know we start with the learning the lead arm 
And then we learn how to wind that, and then we learn how to bring it back to the target line without reintroducing slack. So it's um, uh, it can be, uh, you know, depending on your mechanical abilities. Some people, you know, some people can't screw in a light bulb, and so uh, you know, it's it's really hard to get them to understand some of the stuff. But other people, Elk picked it up really, you know, very quickly. He uh, it just it didn't take him long to get this. So uh, hmm. so, it's, so it's very different than yeah. No, yeah, maybe, maybe. So, so how did um, how did you and Elk get connected? I I read a little about it, but I'd rather hear it from the horse's mouth, man. Let's. Uh, how did that happen? And oh, hey, I don't, hey, there, there you go. There you. I'm still I'm still pinching myself. See, so uh, back in about in about 2009, I think it was when he started uh, Secret in the Dirt, his uh, his golf social network. All right. And I heard about that um, from Jeff Mangum, another putting coach, um, said that uh, Steve Elkington was going to have a golf social site. And I thought, Steve Elkington, are you kidding? Wow. You know, sign me up. So I got on the on Secret in the Dirt and um, I had already developed Dynaline to a, a pretty good extent. And so... I was putting videos on there to help just the average members on there help their putting because, you know, everybody's looking for stuff uh, to help their putting. And sure. um, one person has uh, puts videos up and says, this is the way to do it and blah, you know, everybody's putting their content on. And so I put my content on there. I was helping, trying to help the average players and, um, I got, he sent me a couple emails and um, I can't remember. You know, he said it was, he thought, he thought it was sounded interesting, but I didn't think that he was interested in it. And then one day I'm standing right over here in my shop and I'm working on clubs as a Monday. And he called me up and he said, um, can you come down to Houston on Wednesday? And so I said, yeah. And so, but, but you're, but you're in Washington, right? I mean, yeah, I'm about 20 minutes from, um, from Chambers Bay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, <laughs> oh, and then, so he arranged my flight, you know, through the PGA tour, uh, travel office. And so a couple of days later, I'm down at, his, at champions, you know, um, and, uh, I'm just, you know, I didn't sleep for like three days. I think I was just like, my God, I can't believe this. And so we, we made, we made a, I stayed in, in this famous cottage that he has that you see on, on his uh, video. And it's, it's, um, it's really cool. His, his place is just great. It's very <laughs> nice. And um, so we went to, we went to champions and made this video and it was all just um, um, improvised the whole thing. And you can watch that. It's a, it's a 50 minute video and it's on my website. There's a link on my website. You can watch it for free for five times, I think. And so, and, and so, you know, I've, he started using it. He was interested in learning it and teaching it for other people. He could see, see, he's been, you know, he had uh, missed a couple of uh, British opens, the, 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 the British open that John Daly won, you know, Elk, um, 
missed a short putt for that one. He missed a, another short putt at a P, on a PGA. Uh, they think that Phil won, and um, he'd won. You know, he'd won the PGA, and but he, you know, missed some of these putts. And you know, he'd he'd worked with every, all the, all the best teachers, and he saw my stuff, and it just clicked with him because this stuff is very different than you get from other teachers. Right. And um, so um, uh, we worked worked together and I, you know, I wasn't great as a teacher. I've, I've gotten better as a teacher. Now, teaching is very, very difficult. Teaching is, is difficult. I'm glad I don't teach the full swing because that's just, a, that's <laughs> unbelievable. Putting is a whole, you know, putting is a thing. Damn. Damn. <laughs> so, um, so we worked on it and then he had, and then that, that was in um, 2011, I think. And he had, so it was right at the end of his main tour uh, career, and he had two number one rankings in putting that year. He was 100% from three feet, which is it's not uncommon. There's always you tied with Luke Donald, I think, and somebody else. So a lot of players, but from inside five feet, he was 90, 98% for the year. He made he had 600 and some putts. He made 598 putts oh, from wow. inside five feet that year. That's, and, that's um, right in the puke zone, you know, man. Tour caddy. <laughs> for most people. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, that's, yeah. think about, you know, how many uh, in your practice rounds, how many, you know, what's your percentage Craig, for the Craig, year? We d- that I, hey, we don't talk about stuff like that. <laughs> we don't want Dan to quit the show. I know. I'm not t- <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. No, it's, it's really hard. But um, I think, it, you know, his tour caddy gave me um, just one of the biggest compliments where he said he, wish he had found me earlier in his career. Cause then he just oh, wow. played briefly on the champions and then he's retired. Now he still plays golf every day, I think, and very involved, but just tour, you know, 26 years of tour life was, you know, that was yeah. enough. So, so you're t- teaching, uh, I mean, you're, you're teaching a proper, you know, it's for the, it's for the, the, the Dan's and the me's and the people that are, you know, Hey, I'm just going to get the putter and hold it and just whack at the ball. Right. And, but are there anybody, I guess if I'm trying to put it into context of, you know, if I'm watching people, you mentioned Bryson earlier, is there anybody that might just organic and organic may not be the right way to frame it up, but are there people on tour that are using the Dynaline method that might not be, uh, they may not know that they're using the Dynaline method. Uh, I would say no. Um, uh, I have recently uh, made videos for another uh, former major champion um, and I was watching him and I don't really see um, how he's using it. Um, Part of the thing is that people are, people feel very self-conscious about a pre-shot routine that involves motion and I think everybody wants to look cool, you know, place the putter down behind the ball and then step in and putt. So this is a, this is a serious thing. People, you know, Elk, uh, Elk could care less what you think about what he's doing. You know, he's up here, he's winding the club forward and, you know, he's doing a forward hit bump and right side bend and all this stuff. And um, a lot of players won't do that. In fact, and I've worked with another um, tour player, um, who just uh, really 
just wouldn't do that. And I, I, it's, it's kind of an evolutionary process, you know, um, think back, you know, it's the old saying, uh, so you waggle, so you play. (laughs) There's Tom Tom Patry again. um, uh, Same, same golf pro. He's, we have, he has to call me about golf. Well, tell it, tell him he's Um, coming on the show. He's, he's interrupted twice. He's got to come on the show now. Hey, Ken. Oh, he hung up. He, he, he doesn't, he never leaves a message. So hey, he, he's heard about us. I he's like, I'm not guy, going on that show. This, this guy, um, he's retired. He's, he's uh, disabled. Can't play now, but he worked with, um, Homer Kelly, the golfing machine oh, nice. um, sure. back in the day. So, uh, he's, and he's, uh, very interested in my stuff. So, um, very cool. no, you know, players, um, you, you don't, you really don't see much pre-shot motion. A lot of players, you know, uh, put the putter down and then they're re-gripping it right before they're playing. There are some players, uh, Tiger and some others that will make practice strokes and then hold that when they go into the ball. But there's so many more joints and so much more uh, range of motion that involved that no one is doing this. And, you know, you, you said, Cal, that I teach, you know, I can teach club players and stuff, but it's um, the tour players could really benefit from this as well. Um, even at their high level of, of, of hand-eye coordination, sure. this gives them much more stability where they can use that to even more advantage. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think I it's think, really, I think it's really uh, cool. And in, in this, not cool, but I, I, I think it's, uh, there's a lot to, there's a lot to digest. Uh, you know, I, I think it's, uh, you know, going out, take a look at the website. Uh, I think you know, there's a lot of videos out there. I don't think I saw the video that you mentioned earlier. So I may have missed that. I may have to get some, uh, uh, some direction towards the, uh, the Elkington video when you were in, uh, at the, uh, at champions, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes sense to me and I want to try to apply it. Just, you know, I got, got to think about it. I mean, like you said, I mean, it's about the reps, right? I mean, it's, you, you, you got to kind of get in the rotation and, uh, and make sure you're doing it right. But do, do, you guys uh, do have a good um, uh, illustration of kind of what's happening and, and where you go and how you do it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, really. It's on the, I've just redone the, the, the first page of my website now has a link directly to that video. So the uh, dynalinegolf.com. Uh, website and that's D Y N A L I G N that kind of alignment. Uh, and then I'm also uh, all my videos get posted on my Instagram and my Twitter and my LinkedIn. And it's the Instagram and Twitter are Dynaline golf at Dynaline golf, Craig Foster. And there's boy, almost a hundred videos. Now I made, I make two or three a week, almost Oh. Question, question. All right, so we're gonna get to the second hour now. So, um, what is your tip for Adam Scott? Should he ditch the big long putter, or how do you get him to be a better putter for Cal? Broomstick, no broomstick. Dino, Dino line, Dino line. You know, um, <laughs> it just, it, yeah, really, because it, um, you know, they're all looking for stability, and the long putter, you know, it's taking out lead risk, but you still have a lot of potential for motion here. And the same, really the same with Bryson. Bryson could add another level of stability. Um, 
above what he's doing now, which is a lot, and then uh, not look so uh, bound up with it, although he doesn't feel bound up. Um, no, but he sure does look weird. I mean, just watching him, it just looks so weird. It, it looks like it, he's so rigid and stiff. It looks like there's nothing that's fluid about anything that's happening until it happens. And it's like, oh, shit. Well, that worked. <laughs> it does. Well, you know, he's, he, you know, he's really a direct descendant of Mo Norman. And uh, Mo Norman, that's uh, basically what Mo was doing is, is removing the degrees of freedom in the joints. You know, and Mo is legendary ball striker. And uh, uh, so, you know, Bryson is a descendant of that. Mm. And um, very cool. He's not, well, yeah. yeah I, he's, you know, he's willing, he's willing to take a chance. He doesn't care what people think, obviously. And so, whereas vast majority of people are, they feel self conscious about stuff, he doesn't. Mm hmm. Greg, mm -hmm. it's all about style points. Style points. <laughs> well, you know, it's, no, it's really all about the paycheck and winning, and he's uh, and he's doing it. So you know, it's like, oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, all right, so so we've kept you. We, we're over our allotted time with you. If you got a few more minutes, so we 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 can't. I, I've had a good time. I've had a great time. Uh, yeah. I've had. Uh, I hope you enjoyed some Thanks, uh, some Kentucky <laughs> bourbon. It's. Uh, I'm enjoying it. And and I didn't pass out on this show yet, so that that's another positive. I'm still well. I don't know. Maybe it's a negative that I didn't pass out on the show. Uh, so so hold on. So you're in uh, you're in Washington State. Uh, so you said yep. thirty minutes or so from Chambers Bay. Is and and I'm, that's south I'm of in, Seattle. Yes, and I'm in the state capital, Olympia, hmm. Washington. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I haven't been there. I've been to Seattle a couple of times. So are there, um, uh, well, let's stick with Olympia. So are there some hidden, like what, what's your go So I'm coming to Olympia, Dan and I are coming up. We're going to go, we're going to drink all your whiskey, drink all your beer. We're going to sleep in the shop. That way we don't <laughs> interrupt anybody in the house. Uh, where are you taking us? Right. <laughs> Craig, do not say yes. Do not say yes. <laughs> do not. No, I mean, you can say yes. I'm just telling you, if you do, it could happen. But wh where are you taking us to play golf and where are you taking us to eat? Well, let's see. Uh, uh, golf, you could go to the uh, home course or uh, or Chambers Bay. Uh, home course is, is the home of the uh, Pacific Northwest Golf Association. They have a lot of events there, and it's uh, about halfway between here and Chambers Bay. And um, boy, to eat, I don't, you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, small restaurants here, you know, uh, the uh, uh, you know, niche, mm -hmm. you know, home cooking stuff that's good enough. A lot of choices there. So, I mean, you I can just tell us you're going to cook the, for uh, us. That's fine with us. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have enough of the Evan Williams, you know, he said no way. You know, it, it would taste good. <laughs>
<laughs> that's good stuff. Oh. I like that. That's funny. Absolutely. So, so what, what did we miss? Um, what, what did we miss, man? Did we miss any good stories? Uh, did, have you got anything? I mean, you got tons of elk stories, so that may be oh. for another show. Uh, we, we don't, you know, you, you got things to do probably, but, uh, did we miss anything about, um, about Craig Foster and, and the, the dynamite. I'd love to get into a little bit of more of the, uh, the club building and who you've built for and all that. We don't have to do it tonight. I mean, we could do it on, on another show, but I, I think just a fascinating story, unless you've got something that comes to mind that you're like, Oh shit, I got to tell this one. Uh, well, the best stories are elk stories, you know, um, and there's, there's quite a few of them. Um, uh, so, uh, but you know, I'm making, doing work for more, mostly club players here. And, um, I did have an Australian, uh, tour, uh, guy that was trying to qualify on, um, for the, uh, champions tour stop in and, uh, last year and did, did some work for him, but, um, uh, you know, interesting, uh, stuff. Um, I just think, you know, the most interesting stuff was being with elk on the golf course and watching him do his magic. And, uh, you know, we're, um, he was paired with uh, Lee Trevino at, uh, Peter Jacobson's event. Uh, he had charity events in Portland every year. And, um, the last year he was paired with Lee Trevino and, um, and so elk was just putting lights out. You know, he was just knocking him in from everywhere. And at one point he, he, canned a 15 or 20 footer and Trevino just said, uh, don't talk to him, man. He's pitching a shutout. You know, <laughs> he was just, and, and then they, uh, and, and he's, he just a naturally funny, uh, Trevino. Yeah. yeah. You, you mentioned you were into race cars. Like you talking like NASCAR or dirt track or road courses. Uh, so what, what drag, are you into? Drag racers. Oh. At drag racers. When I, when I was, uh, 16, I fell in with some, um, uh, a couple of, uh, crews that had national record holding, uh, double a, uh, unlimited, uh, gas dragsters. Yeah. Um, and so I was a pit crew pit crew for them, uh, for them for a couple of years. And, you know, every week the engines engines would come apart and build them. You know, go back and forth, and then eventually I got a car uh, and um, started uh, racing. Like it, like and, NHRA um, stuff. Did, yeah, NHRA. Yes, and so um, and that was when I'd always played sports and things, and so but when those the race cars came in, uh, the sports kind of went out the window because you know it was fun to go fast and make loud noises, you know, and. Uh, uh, I'm kind of glad I got that out of my system because, you know, uh, sometimes it gets a little scary. Um, but it was, uh, just one of those things that happened, you know, just, uh, occurred. So now I'm a very safe driver. Now I, I never <laughs> speed anymore. I'm just, I got it. Definitely got it out of my system. Well, your car doesn't have a roll cage uh, and so, a parachute, but it also doesn't have a rocket attached to uh, the back. My, so my brother's car had a roll cage in it. He had a 426 uh, Plymouth. Oh, sweet. And we were um, we were friends with the um, the people that built the roll cages for the state patrol, the uh, state patrol. So my brother had a roll cage put in his 426, and then he had it geared really uh, really high for uh, road racing. So he lived in the eastern yeah. part of the state, and so he would 
uh, go fast over there. Um, I was the you know quarter mile guy. He was kind of the long, long haul guy. He, he was he uh, was a ca- he was a cannonball run guy. You know, we just going fast is really it's when you're that age. I mean, uh, you know, it's really really fun. Um, <laughs> it's still a little dangerous. So I don't. <laughs> did you? Did, and, you know, have you ever ever been to ever been to Thunder Valley? No, I've been to Le Mans, though. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah, so, is, yeah I'm, I'm from East Tennessee originally, so it's uh, Bristol. Yeah, Bristol, Tennessee. And, and Alan Johnson. Bristol. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Bristol. Yeah, and Alan Johnson is, uh, uh, I, I'll call him a family friend. Not negatively, but uh, yeah, but uh, Alan Johnson's a family friend and uh, NHRA racer. So uh, from like, you know, podunk Greenbow, man. Oh. From nowhere, you know, so, uh, yeah, oddly enough, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big race guy. So, uh, shit, we got so much thing. We, we can talk for, uh, for hours, but I know we got to let you go. You got, you got important stuff to get back to. I, we, Hey, we've got, we've covered, uh, heaven Hill, heaven Hill distilleries, Evan William bourbon tonight. Evan Williams bourbon, uh, which is absolutely fantastic. I, Dan has Dan's going to the putter. I am. Uh, Dan's getting the putter out. And he's going to work on this grip yep, tonight, guaranteed. One hundred percent true. <laughs> and um, we've got an invitation to head uh, to head to um, to the North Pack for uh, for a Chambers Bay invitation. I mean, shit, man, this this is working out pretty good. Yeah. Now you're playing. I'm not playing. I don't play golf anymore. I haven't played for a number of years because uh, I'm a musician, and so that's my that's that's what I do. That's what I work on. I can't I can't work. I can't grind on golf and grind on music. So you'll be out there playing by yourself. So it's um, okay. And nobody likes me anyway. I usually fine. play by myself. <laughs> oh, no, so when you say you're a musician, what are you playing? Um. Keyboard, saxophone, guitar, uh, do classical, bebop. Uh, I'm in a commercial band. I play guitar and keys in a commercial band that does uh, casinos and uh, oh, cool. plays, you know, commercial dance music. So uh, that's um, I got. In fact, mentioning Bristol, um, in two, that's one of the reasons why I stopped playing golf because in um, 2007 I got in a touring company uh, band of Johnny Cash tribute. Band, Damn it! Uh, that toured around the country. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's videos. I'll send you a link. You can watch some videos from Texas. Uh, hold, but, uh, hold on, hold on. I got into I know, that. I know it's not Johnny Cash, but you see that guy right back there, right? I see you Willie back out? there. And Ray yeah. Stone. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. So I mean, so, as soon as you say Johnny Cash, I'm in. Yeah, and I, I happen to be hooked up with just uh, one of the one of the best. Uh, a fantastic cash uh, tribute artist who does a lot of other voices, Willie and Waylon. And uh, so, and we, and we actually, in 2010, we played with Johnny Cash's band, Uh, the remaining uh, members of that, they came out here and we did some shows in the Northwest. So I played with, uh, you know, W.S. Holland, um, the original drummer on Blue Suede Shoes and was Johnny's drummer. And um, so, and uh, so that 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 was that got me into uh, music, and um, it just uh, kept evolving evolving from that. Where I really didn't have time to practice and work on golf, so 
I get I get paid to play music, and uh, so that kind of tips the balance there a little bit too. So, so, so Dan's a guitar man. He's uh, he's had a band or two. Ah. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, I own I own two guitars and a banjo, and you know what I can play on them? <laughs> Jack shit. And, and, that, and that ain't a song. That is not a song. <laughs> but hold on. So so are you originally from? And sorry if I missed this because I know you 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 yeah. talked to when we first opened up. You first, we first opened up that we've got, uh, you were talking about Augusta and, and the, the club maker and he moved out. I, I closed my notebook because this is the fun times. And are you originally from Washington state? Yes. Yes. Olympia. How I'm the in, hell do you become an outlaw? How do you become uh, an outlaw music fan in Washington state? I didn't even know you got that stuff up there, but I'm glad you do. <laughs> Oh man, I I hooked up with a singer. I um, his his career is pretty much uh, done now, but um, fa- a fabulous singer, a gifted singer, and uh, played with him for years, and um, just uh, opened a lot of doors. Had it's nothing more fun than and Dan. Now you know about gigs. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. is there anything more fun than gigs? No. I mean, it's you know no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So tell me about your Dan. Tell me, tell me about your about your gigs and your music oh, and stuff. Well, I don't do it anymore, but I had a blues band for a little while, uh, probably about ten years ago or whatnot. I was an acoustic guitar player. So, but yeah, yeah, we had a good time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. yep. Well, we um, we recorded our um, our CDs for our cash band. We recorded those at the um, at the Oak Ridge Boys uh, Studio in um, in Henderson. Well. Uh, not in Henderson, was it Hendersonville, just outside of Nashville, right? Murfreesboro, on, um, maybe. On the, no, it's um, it's right. Could have been Hendersonville. Lived. Johnny had a, a <clears throat> Hendersonville, um, yeah. And so, um, so that was through our this singer, this gifted singer that I work with. He had connections with, with the Oak Ridge Boys, and so we went back there and we played back in the Midwest and South and in Canada and. Uh, uh, man, I, I knew, I, I knew we there was something now. about you. I knew there was something about you. No, I mean, Good no, stuff. I can't argue. You know, Good stuff. You know, Cal's, Cal's a huge music fan too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just fun to be, you know, the thing about, the thing about, the thing about, golf is that you know when you're playing well and you're hitting good shots you know nothing feel it's a shot euphoria you know it's just it's just great but you're the only one that really enjoys that you know when you're playing music you enjoy it and then other people enjoy it too so it's a there's you know there's this synergy that goes on there and um it can be really powerful it's uh uh it it's it's addictive it's hard i don't know a lot of players who who, uh, who don't like to play in front of people anymore, don't like to gig because it's, it, it, of course, it, it's not always fun, <laughs> you know, but the good times are, are good. Oh yeah. Oh, hey, yeah. are the good times really over? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> or the bad times really over for good. Oh. Just saying, Craig, it's been so, so before I continue singing and run everybody off, uh, Hey, it's been a pleasure, sir. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Hold on here to get, get, we got it. We have to toast here. We do have to oh. toast, sir. Dan and Cal. 
Craig. Thank you very much. You know, this is uh, really enjoyed it all the way. So absolutely, sir. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, my friend. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.